Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pouring on a record number of the priest. Today is July 23rd, 2018. Is there anybody else on the line other than the people that I've already called out? Okay. 812, please state who you are or I'm going to kick you off of here. Eight one two this is your last chance because I don't know who you are. So, listen, I uh, want, well, where we are, we've been talking about how we should be treating people, how we should be, one moment, who is this guest eight? Who are you guest eight? Oh, sorry, I removed you. (laughs) That was a mistake. Oh, there you are. Guest eight, viewing only, no audio connected. Guest eight, who are you? If I don't know you, I'm going to remove you. So I see 207. That's you, EK? Yeah. Okay. So look, here's the thing. We've been talking about how we how we should be treating one another. And this and it's about conduct. We talked a little bit about some of our some um, uh, pronunciation of uh, Jeshua. We talked about uh, I guess last semester we talked about the history of and the origin of Christianity. So I want to deal with this conduct in a different kind of way. I'm watching the screen trying to figure out what the heck is going on, by the way. So if I sound a little distracted, it's because I do not know what's going on. But um, anyhow, so look, I was watching a, a doctor, female doctor, and she was talking about how she knew, well, she was hearing about this lady who was a professor and how this lady was really, really mean and nasty to her students and colleagues. 
And so this woman said, uh, you need a bowel movement. <laughs> Excuse me. Because <laughs> this is kind of funny. She's saying that your personality is rotten and it's so bad and it's indicative of you needing to move your bowel. Now, it just so happens that this woman who is a professor in the university doesn't believe in regularly moving her bowels like on a daily basis. She believes that she doesn't have to move her bowels but once a month. Now, this doctor says that that's a direct result to her conduct and how she treats people. So whenever you are irritated, you're irritable, you're argumentative, or whenever you see someone like that, maybe you or someone that you deal with should be thinking about um, cleansing their bowels. What are your thoughts on that, Brother Lane? Yes, Lama. Uh I mean, to me, it makes sense. And, you know, they actually have a um, condition that's been labeled irritable bowel syndrome. Um, so, you know, it seems to line up. You know, I guess if they, they've had enough occurrences of it um, and they've taken the time to label it, they're, they're, you would think that there's some correlation. Um, but, you know, I, I can speak from personal experience where, you know, I think some of the most relaxing times in my life where, you know, my, my head is clear, you know, not to gross anybody out, but, you know, my head is clear and uh, my my vision is uncloudy is following a bowel movement. So, you know, I, I would have to agree. And it took, for me, it's just difficult to fathom someone thinking that, you know, if you're following a standard American diet and you eat three times a day, over the course of a month, that's 90 meals, and you're saying that you can carry that around for a month and only have one bowel movement, doesn't make a lot of sense. But that, those are my thoughts. I, I yield. <laughs> that, that is a little excessive. Um, oh, no, that's a lot excessive. And my point to this really is, how divine are these scriptures? Because it gives you a dietary program. And part of the things that you should be eating are things like figs, um, dates, various fruits, mangoes, what have you, which keeps a lot of fiber in your system. It keeps you going regularly. and Here's a woman who is a professor at a university and don't even have enough common sense to know that you should be using, you should be defecating on a daily basis. As a result, 
I didn't know that that's what irritable bowel syndrome uh, was related to. I didn't even know what it was, but it makes sense because you get very irritable, I guess, and is directly related to the lack of defecation of your bowels. Now, we should be ever mindful of what we eat. We should be, well, let me tell you how I was taught when I was coming up in, in camp. Our, the elders taught us we should always check our stool. To, you know, you you should be watching it, make sure that it's normal, that there's nothing abnormal on your stool, and uh, just, you know, check it as a means of monitoring your daily health. And, of course, if you got blood in your stool, you know something's wrong, uh, you know, or anything of that nature. But the point is you should be ever mindful of how you are treating people. No matter what you are doing, but food, um, what you eat, your environment, your daily affairs, all of that goes into how you're treating people. Even so, we got to get a grip. Brother Eric, what are your thoughts about diet being related to bad personality? Salama, I was how you are what you eat. Uh, and that well, now my understanding of diet diving it, it is, you know, is for. I mean, in that case, wow, it, it, it like he full of, you know, but at, at the same time, uh, eating healthy, you know, it have you the food that you eat have you feeling a certain type of way. You know, and and depending on what you eat, you know, you you I would think for me, you know, if it, it, you know, we try to eat healthier or, or by the uh, dietary laws, and uh, I go regular. So I be I be feeling my attitude is not, you know, it ain't a mean attitude, and then sometimes it can be, but. For the, for the most part, it's, it's not mean, and everything be going good. I guess it's it's, it's your uh, your your vibrations, you know, your the way you treat people, the vibes, you know, it have that that rhythm, and you you say you got you your body like a a music musical thing, you know. Everything vibrate, everything function, you know, within the mind and within what you eat, whatever you take in. And I mean, I would think you go a lot regular that you you should be a little healthier, you know, because you, you know you don't have no build up nowhere. And with that, I you. Yes, sir. if you start building up, you not only will you be un- unhealthy, but 
you have some other issues. Um, like, I, I'm surprised that this woman didn't have, she, well, the doctor didn't say, but this woman didn't appear to have any um, halitosis. But that's the first thing that I know when I was young, all the older Negro women would be like, baby, you better go to the go to the bathroom, don't hold it, because then your your breath will start smelling like your stool, and um, you don't want that. So when you're out in the public, I'm sure sometime in your life somebody may have had um, some unpleasant breath like, what do you do? Like, do you, like, give them a, a mint or something? Like, the shame. How how would you handle that? Would you say nothing? Would you just walk away? Would you hand them a peppermint or something? It if it, With me, it depends if I know them or not. Like, I'm going to keep it real. If, it's, if I'm talking to someone and I don't know them, I kind of, like, give them, stay out their face, and I kind of, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't, I've never told anyone, like, your breast stinks or you need this, like, you need some gum. But if it's one of my homies or something, I, ha- I have done it before. Like, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't, I, I don't want, want to come off disrespectful or wrong. So I kind of just, if they see me, if they're talking to me, they kind of get a hint, like, yeah, bro, you need it. Like, because of my, maybe my facial expression or something. But yeah, you can. I think you can tell, even if, if, if me as an individual, my breast stunk, like talking to someone, I can, I can tell too, like, they kind of, they kind of give you a little, they kind of back up, kind of, like, yeah, bro, all right, yeah, like, I don't know if, if I make it, if y'all get what I'm saying, I get it, brother. <laughs> okay. I know this sounds crazy how I'm approaching this, but believe me, there's a method to my math. <laughs> believe me. So, Ramya. What about you? Um, have you? Well, no. Let me let me say this, Ramya. What about a female, an attractive female, that um, you know she's having some breath issues? Uh, how do you handle that? To be honest, uh, kind of. Are you there? Did you hear me? I can hear you now. I can hear you okay, now. Uh, okay. Um, I would uh, basically pull her to a side, and I would ask her, uh, I said, excuse me, oh, I'm sorry if it's going to sound disrespectful, but uh, you need a... a, a a gum or something because, you know, your breath is uh kind of out there, you know, and if that was me, I would want you to come to me, but I'm I'm doing this in the private, so most of the time they get mad and sometimes they don't, but, I mean, that's how I would come to my you. Okay. 
Um, EK, have you ever seen someone um, making fun of someone that might have, uh, you know, stale breath or something or BO, body odor or anything? You ever seen somebody making fun of somebody doing it like that? Yeah, growing up, especially like in high school, especially high school, that's when I saw it the most. Not so much in college, but high school, definitely. <laughs> and the people that I was around when I was in high school, they could be really uh, vicious with their jokes about people whose breath stink and body odor and stuff like that. So, yeah. I'm glad you said that. You said high school. I am so glad you said that. Um, okay, so Brother E.K., if you're in a relationship with a woman and she has, you know, challenged breath, how do you how do you deal with that? Um. Is this in relation to high school or just in general? Just in general. You're in a relationship with her? Yeah. So, yeah, I would pretty much, you know, I would break it. Like, I would, I would approach it in a way where it's encouraging in a way that have you thought about eating certain foods that would help, you know, I would, I would approach it in a very delicate manner, given the sensitivity of how women are, they can be very emotional about stuff like that. So I'll, I'll be really tactful about how I approach it, but I would basically just indicate that, you know, you might want to think about, you know, eating X, Y, Z or after a meal or every so often, you know, like I would, I would say it in a more encouraging manner as opposed to, um, in a way that's sort of breaking her down in a way, but more of an encouraging manner, but more, I, instead of, I would say, I'll give her progressive feedback, you know, as opposed to, you know, getting on her case about it. I would, I would, I would, I would be more progressive about how um, to, you know, help her to see that she may be able to, you know, eat certain things that would aid, you know, me perhaps to still breath. <laughs> Okay, believe me, there's a method to my madness. I'm not just trying to be funny here. It's, a, it's really a serious reason that I'm saying this. Um, so, all right, so one thing that you just said, EK, that, that really I think was really important, what you when you just said about the high school and how vicious that they can be in high school. So, Lynn, what about elementary school when, when – was there anybody that um, in elementary school that was just pointed out like a pig pen, you know, it, that you knew of when you were growing up? <laughs> not, not in uh, elementary school. We we had a guy. <laughs> wow, we had a guy in when I was in the eighth grade that was kind of like the neighborhood. Uh, Cape Town, but not not in elementary. 
Okay, so with that particular guy, how did how was uh did the did the neighborhood make fun of him? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, um this was at the at the junior high uh, that I attended and yeah, he was he was the the subject of many a uh, uh joke. So did 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 he become known, you know, by like by a name or, you know what I'm saying? Did they give him a name? Yeah. So that yeah. So his um his his name was Clemmy, right? But <laughs> I'm sorry, his name was Clemmy, but anytime. Somebody referred to him. I mean, you know, kids can just be kind of, you know, hurtful. But uh, anytime they referred to him, they would they would call him Dirty Clemmy. So that was his his name. And the thing was is that they would actually refer to refer to him directly, not like behind his his back. You know, they would say, "What's going on, Dirty Clemmy?" And um, you know, he would answer to it. So. Damn. Yeah. Now that was critical. He would answer to that. Exactly. That's another key point. He would answer to it. Oh, man, I hope I can retain this in my memory once I get into what I'm trying to get to. So one thing that came out that stood out, okay, high school, vicious. Next. He became this guy became known by name and and he would answer to it. I remember what was it? Uh, this movie. Actually, was it House Party? I think House Party One, the first one with Martin, and then and, and he was Bilal. And they used to call him Dragon Breath behind his back. And then House Party 3, there was a guy that took Martin's place, and they would call him Stinky. And he he called himself Stinky. Now, this is the point that I'm trying to bring out. I'm sure somebody has to see where I'm going with this. Actually, let me take a shot. Brother Eric, do you have a clue where I'm trying to go with this? So long. Uh, uh, yeah, you get accustomed to what people call you and what you your su- surrounding is, and you start accepting it after a while. What that idea? Yeah, that was very good insight. That's part of it, yes. Um. Ramya, what are your thoughts? Where am I going to go with this? Well, you there, brother? You can hear me? I can hear you. 
our people was uh we accept those conditions instead of uh addressing it and uh cleaning up our behavior, this is what we accept and we, we stayed right there and just accept it. And I yield. Good point, yes. What are your thoughts for Amya? I mean uh EK. That um that our behavior could be synonymous with the fact that um if our breath stinks or if our if we're backed up with our stool, it can also stink because if our behavior is not right, people are gonna look at it and make fun of us. Or if that's the case, you know, we have to be able to check ourselves, knowing that our breath may stink before we talk to somebody. We need to clean ourselves, we need to ease ourselves so we're not irritable when we're dealing with people. So our conduct is synonymous with our body odor, our breath, and how we handle our stool and stuff like that. So that's pretty much like kind of how we have to conduct ourselves properly. Yes, sir. The same way of thoughts. Um, Basically, all the brothers just said what I was thinking. Um, you need to check your hygiene and your breath. Make sure you brush your teeth. <laughs> Not just way, but uh, just uh, I would say, make sure that uh, if somebody is smelling bad, meaning like they have a bad um, attitude, uh, you know, you can smell it, you can sense it. You should, uh, and they're coming around you, you know what I mean? You should kind of address it and um, help that brother out so that he can know that and be aware of his uh, smell and meaning his attitude and his awareness and everything that's going on so people don't have to smell that and be irritated by it. And then you can have a peaceful and clean environment and everybody smells good, which means everybody's living good and the air is peaceful, you're peaceful. Everything is, is, is fresh. So I think that's kind of how I see it, brother. How you? So that, uh, thank you, brother. Um, Arkeleon, what are your thoughts? So I'm, I was on mute. I was on mute. My my apologies. Um, so this is this is what I see, brother. I see all of the examples that you gave as symbolic, um, like concrete examples of how the world sees our people with respect to not really being interested in self-government. Just like you used the example of. You know, how would you approach somebody whose breath stinks? Well, depending on that person's behavior or the stereotypes that may be floating around with respect to how they conduct themselves, you're going to do that very gingerly or not at all. And I think that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, out in the public when, you know, certain things happen and, you know, these other nations see us going off, they just kind of try to steer clear because we give off the impression that we will not, um, you know, submit to to a council. Um, additionally, 
all the examples that you gave, you know, with respect to, you know, the hygiene and the dietary program, I mean, you know, the reason why you're dealing with that is is due to disobedience. And so, again, it comes right back to self-government. You know, if, if you have, um, you know, a protocol, then you should be following that protocol. And But the thing is, is that if somebody, you know, checks you on that or, you know, tries to bring it back to your remembrance, how uh, accepting are you of, of that rebuke? You know, in a lot of cases, you know, we're not really, we're not really accepting of that. Um, but like I said, fundamentally, it just boils down to, you know, all, all of the examples boil down to um, a condition and a behavior that can be addressed, um, you know, if you govern yourself accordingly, um, you know, and, and self-govern. And those are my thoughts, brother. I yield. Thank you, brother. Everybody, uh, well, actually, let me check one more. Brother uh, Eric, is the sister on the line with you? Yes, sir. Sister Crystal, what are your thoughts? Um, um, basically, you know, we before we go out, we know things that are wrong with us. And sometimes you're just at a point we don't care. But when somebody else checks you, you should not be like you're embracing what they said, but accept what they what you did wrong and change it. Um, sometimes, you know, we can be our own worst critic, and if we see something wrong, we need to change it before somebody else does, like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm into that, sister. That was wonderful. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Everybody just said something. something everything that everybody said is very critical to where I'm getting at. But um, how can I add to this? Before I really get into this point. Oh, yeah, okay. One of the major problems with our people is the old saying we don't believe our such and such smells. We really don't. Arrogance, haughtiness. And when I say that, we don't believe fat meat is greasy. Same type of concept. We don't believe that we have done or we do do anything wrong. I'm talking about collectively and from a microscopic perspective, meaning individually, we have this as a major, major problem. Now, that's basically where I want to start with the idea of you don't believe you are such and such smell, which which is basically saying that they're arrogant, they're haughty, and, you know, they don't listen, they're hard-headed, you know, um, you can't tell them nothing. That's us. That's us as a whole. That's not everybody, but 
this is our people. And this is how we look to the world. They know that that we have that we have halitosis figuratively. They know how they have dealt with it is the same way you have dealt with it when you've run into somebody in your class, somebody that's your friend, somebody that's not your friend. Shane says he might turn and walk away. Not say anything at all. That's just about all of us. We've either been faced with that or we think that way. So what have people on the outside done with us? They see that we have this problem. They see that we don't see that we have this problem. They see that we don't know. And they'll turn and walk away and and not say anything. It, they're not obligated to say anything. It's not it's not like that's wrong for them to do that. If you don't if you don't know this individual, you're not obligated to say anything. You can as a common courtesy, but you're not obligated. But what about the individual who's been labeled by the neighborhood, labeled by the global community? as dirty or in that Dave Chappelle, what was that Dave Chappelle's kid? Ashy Larry, <laughs> whatever. But what about the people who have been labeled as dirty and smelly as far as conduct? I'm not talking about literally, of course. I'm saying as far as conduct, where you got the whole planet whispering about them. You got being all of a sudden after the whispers, then they start just coming out and telling them straight to their face, you're dirty and smelly. And they start treating them like that. So they call them niggers. Then they start to accept the term as a term of endearment. Now all of a sudden they they can call themselves dirty, stinky, smelly. And they accept the filth that comes with it. They're doing nothing to change it. They've accepted it. All along, in accepting it, convincing themselves that they don't do anything wrong. You can't tell them nothing. Their stuff doesn't smell. They're so delusional. It's it's um another movie I saw. What was that? Ocean's Thirteen, where the guy was in this um he was in this hotel room, and um they had done something, but the hotel room started to smell so bad that they came. It didn't actually happen, but figuratively. They they were setting him up, but they came to evict him out of the hotel room because they said he was nose deaf, that he could not smell his own odor. Look at us. Look at us. What is really, really shameful 
really, really disgusting. We have horrible behavior as a people. But this is what I've heard from a couple of different people on the line in, in one way or the other. If it's your friends, your loved ones, your relatives, you're mindful that you're going to let them know, but it's going to be how you approach them to let them know is what matters. Okay. So, EK, he says, I will pull my woman aside, you know, and be mindful of her feelings as a woman. And I will speak to her, you know, in a, basically in a loving, caring manner. You see, now all of us have these types of thoughts, right? When we deal with breath or body odor, we have these same challenges. Am I going to tell them or am I going to walk away? Am I going to hand them a stick of gum or I'm just going to walk away? When it comes to us, well, this I forgot to add this part before I started this. What if you're the one? I forgot to add this. What if you're the one with the BO or you're the one with the breath problem? And then you realize you don't want to be that way. You don't want your breath to smell. You don't want to go to work and smell, um, you know, unclean. You don't want to be offending people with with odor, breath odor or body odor. You don't want to do that. So if it happens, one day you might slip up and it happens. That's embarrassing. And you can be, you can be so embarrassed that you might not want to ever go back to work again. You could be so embarrassed that you might quit your job, move to another city or state. Because now, for for this reason, I'm not saying if you're generally a clean individual, you might just brush it off. But if you're somebody that knows it's true and you're in denial and you're walking around expecting everybody to deal with this, soon as somebody speaks up about it, you're so embarrassed, you get angry at them. You get angry at them. And, and say that they're the one with the problem, not you. Forget this. Y'all all against me. You're prejudiced. You're racist. I can't work here. No, the problem is you really have an odor. A spiritual older then somebody comes along that loves you enough to tell you the truth they're not going to tell the shame said was my homeboy I'll just say whatever because I know he can deal with it he can take it you know but somebody that cares enough to point it out Now, look at this. E.K. brings up high school. And he brings up the fact that they're vicious. Now, let's look at this. These are not 
adults that are in high school. These are adolescents. Really, they are at best. Even if they are in high school, they're still adolescents. And they're vicious. If if you're in grade school, if you're in preschool, uh, kindergarten, if you're in elementary school, middle school, whatever, children can tease you to death. And I remember when I was young, there were a couple of people that everybody would be whispering, that guy over there smells like urine every day. And to this day, I remember these guys' names. And then the one day he didn't smell like urine, this one guy, the one day he didn't smell like urine, you were like, oh, okay, maybe he doesn't really, maybe they're just making it up. Then the next day, oh, it's all over again. Nobody would say anything to him. I didn't understand, I, I eventually understood this as I got older, that those children will probably be wetting the bed you know, that's most likely what it was. They be they would be wetting the bed or they wouldn't properly clean themselves after wetting the bed or whatever. Lack of home training. To look at our people. We are sending them out in the world with the lack of home training. We're sending them out in the world with the lack of real love. And we have to know how to conduct ourselves and dealing with them in conflict like this, because this is serious. It can hurt you to have to tell somebody something. You got to know how to tell somebody something. You got to be compassionate. You got to be, choose your words wisely. But our people are out here looking like complete filth. And they don't feel as though they're doing anything wrong. It's like when I when I think of Rick Ross, and and I say that I've said this a number of times over the last several years, but when I heard this song where he says, um, I think I'm big meat to Larry Hoover whip and work hallelujah so he's talking about he's saying hallelujah to to mixing up crack and selling crack he says a song cocaine all in my veins something of that nature and this is socially acceptable the people on the outside of us are looking at us like Okay, uh, these are dancing monkeys. You know, they're, they're skilled, but they have all these, you know, bad things about them. But, hey, they got to figure it out for themselves. Lynn, do you see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Um, it It makes a lot of sense. You know, the the thing is, is um, you, you you tend to become what you practice, and you know, artists have attested to this, athletes have attested to this, um, you know, professionals, 
whatever you practice, you generally become an adept at. And it's just unfortunate that, you know, not all of our people, but a lot of our people, you know, they practice those things that pull them farther and further away from from the truth. You know, further you, you, you're out there in no man's land, a long way from the shore, and you can't swim, and no, but you're not willing to listen to somebody tell you, hey, you know, um, you, you, you're getting too far out there. You know, I, when I look at it, I, I, I see, um, you know, proverbially folks trying to one-up the individual that came before them. It's like, you know, let, let me go. Let me see how, how far left I can go, and whoever did that, I got to top them. You know, if if you five miles away from shore, I got to go ten miles away from shore. And it's like you you get so um, you get so far away from the idea of what or the image of a civilized man or civilized woman is until you you know, you become unrecognizable. It's almost like it's just you're trying your best to emulate um, a bestial or, or or rep a bestial nature um, as opposed to a godly one. That's just what I see, brother. Yeah. Very well put. Sister Crystal, do you see what I'm getting at? Come on, brother. Yes. Um, basically, you know, how one of us presents ourselves in public is how everyone is seen. Um, like I was telling my husband the other day, I was at the store and this lady was in here with her grandchildren. And I was trying on uh, some clothes, and I was in the dressing room. She's like, get off the table. Stop throwing the toys. I mean, I mean, the children just out of control. It's all the store just doing what they want to do, not listen to the lady. So how we carry ourselves, like I said, not only affects us, but affects us as a people, as a whole, because, you know, we have to know how to conduct ourselves in the public as well as in private, because what you do in private is going to end up showing up in the public, and I yield. Yes, ma'am. Now, I'm not suggesting we go out in the public and we got sisters half-dressing, cursing every other word, and brothers half-dressing and, you know, selling drugs and doing all these things, and you go and you confront them harshly. Sometimes you can even front, confront them in a friendly capacity. One of the worst things about our women, you can't tell me how to dress. Like, you're dressing like a whore. Who, who are you to judge? Well, there's centuries of standards that say whores wear red lipstick only whores wear scarlet lipstick and half mini skirts 
and cleavage. And you're doing the same thing that they've been doing, that they've established. Whores and tramps and sluts have established this as their way. So now you're imitating that, and then there's nothing wrong with it in your mind. Well, then you have the mind of what they, the same mind that they have. Just because I dress this way don't mean that I'm a whore. No, it doesn't, but it means, like Dave Chappelle said, that you got on a whore's uniform. And it's confusing. Brothers, we're made to admire the beauty of women. But when a woman knows that and, and takes and wants to take advantage of it, what is she saying to, what is she actually doing? She's trying to present herself as an object of lust and desire. And in doing that, she's, she's um, enforcing it, enforcing it in the community. And therefore, it really is, it really is, when these sisters are half-dressed like that, it really is sexual assault towards men, and, and they don't really see it that way. It's because, look, if we're supposed to look at you, I'm not saying we're supposed to look at you lustfully, but that's how we're made up. Now, and, and at least until we get a woman of our own or, or whatever, and even then sometimes we might still look. But the point is, you're enforcing lust upon a society. And then you turn around and say, is something wrong with us? No, the Lord made us this way. Now, how we act upon it, that's a problem. That can be a problem. But even so, understand if you're dressing like a whore and then people, brothers come up and treat you like one, Whose fault is it? It's both of your fault. But they get offended. Brother, why are you selling these drugs? Why are you bling blinging? Why are you such a damn liar? Why are you, brother, why are you going around lying all of the time? These are issues that can be easily solved when you really care enough about yourself and your people. They can be easily solved. But they're not easily addressed. But it is our responsibility. So, of course, you can't go out here and tell everybody this or that about themselves. You don't want to directly, in today's world, it's like in America, it, it, everything is wrong, it seems. Everything is wrong that's right. And everything that's right is wrong. Like, okay, sister, you shouldn't dress like that. Who are you to tell me that? You ain't got no business telling me that. Well, your daddy should have told you that. Your mother should have told you that. They should have educated you on the difference between a respectable woman and a whore or a tramp, and then you should not be confused as to why you're being treated that way. 
if a brother comes out, this is what's crazy. Seriously. I'm not trying to beat up on sisters, but I want to say this. If a man came out today with a jerry curl and walked the streets, he would probably get laughed at by a whole lot of our people. But if a sister comes out with a wig, a weave, or any of this other madness that is not at all a reflection of her natural self, I can see... I'm not even saying if if you straighten your hair out, but I'm saying because straightening your hair out is not necessarily not being you because we've done that before we even met Europeans. But it's how you do it, and it's wearing wearing dead people's hair, wearing Koreans and, and Eastern Indians' hair. It's just it, it looks just as ridiculous as it would be a brother with a with a jerry curl. But if you tell them that, they think there's something wrong with you. When it's them that can't be, they're not satisfied, happy with their natural self. Or let's say they aren't happy with their natural self. They just want to change their style. Okay, I could even get with that. Now, personally, I have different opinions of that. But that would be at least understandable. But I'm talking about where you got to, you got, where does a Negro woman get off injecting herself with butt shots? When the Lord knows that the sister has the, you know, the blessing of the Almighty riding her on her backside. Okay. Because they just all have it. You know, so why do you need butt shots? Why do you need, why did Sammy Sosa, why did you, he bleached his skin. Bleaching your skin. You're, you're, you're wearing fake eyes. Lip injections. All the stuff that the Lord gave us naturally. And we are out of our damn minds. What I'm saying, there's a lot more sisters that are wearing more natural looks today than there were maybe five and ten years ago. But back in the 60s and 70s, it was mostly natural hair. Then it went to the the process and the all of that stuff. And we got away from appreciating our natural beauty, men and women. I, when I was young, I had, uh, what do you call it, finger waves or something like that, pump waves. One of those things when I was younger. And I was caught up in that. You know, the more I learned to appreciate my natural self, the more I got away from trying to look unnatural. And here we got a people that hate themselves so much. There's so much hate. They don't, our, our women don't believe that we appreciate their natural beauty anymore. And if we don't appreciate it, if they don't hear it from us, then that is a cardinal sin. That is a travesty that our brothers can't show love and appreciation for our woman's natural beauty. And she needs that. She needs to know how beautiful she is in her natural self. And this is not condemning anybody's, you know, current thing. 
It's just looking at nobody. Imagine, imagine, seriously, if you turned on television to watch the uh, the uh, government Congress and all of the Caucasian men and women were wearing Afro wigs. You can only imagine how ridiculous that would look to us. You would sit back and say, what the hell is wrong with these people? But we can do it. We can wear wigs, weaves, jerry curls. We can do it. And we don't see that as something wrong. We look at Al Sharpton and say, what is wrong with this Negro? If if all our men that were trying to be in government positions had their air like Al Sharpton, we would, you know, say that's a problem. EK, do you follow me? What are your thoughts? Yeah, but I I see it because it's 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 the same thing. Like, you know, when we're busy looking at, it's basically what we what you alluded to uh, earlier about how we as a people we act like our stuff doesn't stink, and we busy pointing fingers, but meanwhile, three of them are pointing back at us that we got to correct ourselves and we got to take accountability for how we are presenting ourselves so we can eliminate this, you know, this nasty order that surrounds our people basically through our conduct and through our, even our, you know, dietary uh, and hygiene, you know, and through our diet and our hygiene. So it's it's the same thread, you know, and um, if we can't look at ourselves or we can't, you know, um, you know, appreciate when, you know, when we each other try to, you know, pull each other aside to say, look, let's correct ourselves so we cannot globally look like, you know, we don't have nothing, that we don't have, you know, any kind of common decency about ourselves. And that could generate, you know, a lot of generational problems for our own children, because if we're not setting a standard that they can follow, then who will, you know? So I think, that's essentially like, you know, the example that we have to start setting forth as we continue our daily walk, so to speak, and I yield. I'm glad you said that because it keeps reminding me of points that I keep forgetting. Um, The high school thing, I want to go back to that, but we are what we eat. What are we spiritually eating? What are we spiritually feeding ourselves and our babies? Excuse me, I have to pick up knucklehead stuff, son. So I'm getting an automobile. But what are we feeding ourselves spiritually? Where's our standard, our moral standard? Where's our standard for, where's our moral compass? Deshane, what are your thoughts? Do you see what I'm saying? I see, brother. I like how you put everything. And I'm just thinking about everything, like, and how how lost we are. When you said the weave thing, how sisters, they they put that weave on and they think they're just somebody, you know? I don't, like, I don't want to get on the sisters either. I'm I'm just, but I'm just thinking about everything, brother, Um, and how we really don't realize like like you said, we don't even know that we're 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 walking around and our breath is bad, everything is and we're smelling and people they they they, they don't talk to us. That's why people don't talk to us. 
Like, it, it's weird because, and I'll be seeing that stuff like, man, and, and now how it's relating to, it's just put, everything's coming together, how you're putting it. And I see why the, they don't communicate with us. And, and then when they try to, they, they check to see if we, hey, maybe this one's okay. He smells like, he, he smells kind of good. Maybe he knows something. Like, you know, I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking about how lost we are, brother. I get it, and I'm seeing it, and I like I just like how you put it, put it together for us to see it that way, and and I feel it, brother. How you? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and thank you for that. And to, and to go back to this whole, what I'm hearing this doctor talk about how. This lady only sees that she needs to take a dump once a month. Well, we need a spiritual cleansing. We need to relieve some of this filth out of our bowels spiritually. We are what we eat. We are what our practices are. We need to forever be mindful we need to, uh, you know, do some type of mental cleansing, some type of spiritual cleansing. Like this is just like a, a, the pleasure principle is, is has run rampant in America. Meaning, if it feels good, do it, no matter what the consequences are. Just because it feels good, it makes it right. No system of checks and balances and holding yourself personally accountable. But ultimately, when we're talking about conduct and how you treat somebody, it's one thing to be able to say, okay, we need to treat one another with love and respect. Yeah, but we need to do that on all fronts. Sometimes love must be tough love. You must be a little bit stern. You know, and other times it requires a gentle approach, but it's love nonetheless. We need to be cleansing ourselves and feeding ourselves some better type of food spiritually because it's got us backed up. It's got our colons blocked and clogged. We have a jammed up colon and intestine, jammed up spiritually, mentally, we we just messed up. So what does that say about you? How are you to approach your loved ones and relatives? Because you, look, there are some things you can just be flat out about. You know, I, I'm not going to be so nice to my woman if she's going out. Well, I'm not saying not nice. I'm going to be kind of comical where she's going out and then she needs a tic-tac or something. I'm going to say it, you know, but if she, if she, which thank the Lord, that don't happen, but if she was to be like reeking or something like that, then I, you know, I got to take it somewhere else. Well, well, look, you, when you're doing this whole love thing and following the example of the Christ, one of the things he said was, 
it's not the well that need the physicians. It's the doctors it's those that, that are sick that need the doctors. And, and, and one of the things he meant by that is, look, you're as much of a doctor as I am. You don't get a patient or you see a patient and insult your patients to the point that you make them angry and make them feel uncomfortable and make them hateful towards you. You have to have some type of uh, decency to be able to, for them to allow you to help them. If they don't want your help, that's one thing. But if they do want your help, you got to be ever mindful of your conduct because this is a major conflict going on in our people. It's like you can't even tell them nothing without them being so sensitive and defensive. You got to be really strategic. Rami, are you follow me? What are your thoughts? Aquilene, what are your thoughts? Yes, sir. Um, I mean, <laughs> you, you know, you said this a number of times, and it always comes back to me um, where basically all of us are dealing with some degree of mental illness. And, you know, the, the, point, that I, the point that I tried to bring forth earlier was the fact that, you know, you become there, – there are certain behaviors – that promote your spiritual growth and development, and then there are certain behaviors that set you back from a standpoint. So instead of progressing, you actually regress. And when you're trying to have these types of dialogues, you know, particularly with our people, um, there has to be, in, in a lot of cases, there has to be a sensitivity there where you take Wrong into account that there has to be a sensitivity there where you take into account that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to reach this individual, but I got to meet them where they are. And the thing is, is that a lot of times you, you have to, um, you, you have to temper your words and your response has to be such that um, you can actually get through, get through to them. Um, yeah, it, it just has to be a um, a, a regard um, on the part of the individual that's trying to deliver the message. It has to be some regard with respect to knowing that um, I, I have to deal with them in, in, in a certain way until they develop to a point to where um, you can be a little more um, matter of fact. Because, you know, as... as I think everybody will attest, you know, our people, when you try to deal with them, um, you know, you try to deal with them in a, a painfully blunt way, 
a lot of times you don't get the results that that you probably should get you think you should get a lot of times you don't get those results so um i'll yield with that thank you brother so here you have hebrew israelites on the streets preaching they do some good they may do a lot of good but they do a lot of harm also and, and the harm that i'm speaking about is in this case They're the high schoolers that are vicious with their tongue. They stand on the corners and play the dozen with their people. And those, unfortunately, who have adolescent minds are the ones that are drawn to it at first. And once they get into it, if they stick with it, that's when you can see that that's still an underdeveloped mind. It's not a civilized mind. It's not even, uh, unfortunately, I hate to say it because I don't want to sound uppity, but it's not like, that's, that's not even an adult-like mind. The way to get through to our people shouldn't be playing the dozen. How many times and how many creative ways you can insult them and how you can exalt yourself above them. That's the point to this. Conflict is not just Um, I'm angry with you, you're angry with me. I don't like you, you don't like me. Conflict is also when you're dealing with your own people and you're dealing with them out of love and respect, but they don't always represent that and giving it back to you. So you got to figure out a way, how the hell am I going to deal with my own people or anybody for that matter, not just our own people, anybody, when they're being, they're being playful, they're not trying to be malicious, it just happens to be they're just so young-minded that they don't see the harm of what they're doing, but they treat you nice. One of the most difficult things to do is to deal with somebody who is not mean towards you. They're nice towards you. But yet, so many things they do causes so much conflict for you or even for them. EK, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like you know, you mean well, but it didn't come out right. You know, that type of kind of behavior. Like, you, is, you know, there's a lot of situations like that, which is because conflict is ever-present in every given interaction, and it's a matter of how does the two parties 
involved, how do they sort of set aside their differences and reach a formidable compromise or collaborative approach that can soothe all that tension that could have been present or that would emerge if they didn't do that in the first place. So, but even though the intentions may seem well, the delivery, the approach has to be uh, approached, you know, much more differently. So that way it doesn't cause more harm than it, than it was intended, was that it wasn't intended to be in the first place. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Ben, you got another party that you got to deal with in common. Goals with wicked intent, but nice action. Friendly action. Always trying to make you laugh and smile and joke. But they want to keep you in that condition so they can stab you in the back. That's another form of conflict. It's not all just arguing. It's not it's not all overt um differences and and, and things like that. Sometimes it's people trying to be slick, be on the sly, trying to hide what their true intentions are. You must be equally as cunning. You gotta keep your eyes open. You got to know how to differentiate. Sometimes you're just not going to know immediately. Sometimes it's going to take you some time to really analyze folks and get to know what they're about. Mom, y'all, you there? Yes, sir, brother, please. Well, um... Like I mentioned before, you know, it's it's more of we've been taught from, and a lot of us out here we've been taught um, a certain way to understand um, a certain way that we live. Um, we pick up habits, old habits and bad habits, and we don't know how to get rid of that. And it's even like when we go out here and we we go to, uh, we say that we're going to start working out to better ourselves, um, or we're going to start a diet. Now, how long does it take you to actually go out there and start working out? Uh, how long it starts? Uh, it takes you to go out there and and do that diet. You know, it, it all comes back to where you know our word is not bond, but then um, the conflict comes within the grounds of ourselves because it starts with self. Like you said, bro. We got a lot of brothers out here, a lot of sisters out here um, that's out there that's going out there to try to do what's right, that they feel that is right, what they're being taught to do is right. But nobody's actually uh, really getting 
really getting the, the true understanding of what the Christ actually was saying or what the Christ actually was um, teaching the people. Because once again, it's what's being taught. And I yell. Thank you, brother. Yeah, it is unfortunate because out of all the things you're learning out here, you learn good stuff about history from these people or that people, you know, from different types of people. You learn some good things. But they're not, they're forgetting the substance of what you're learning, of what you're supposed to learn. Look, out of all the stuff you got to get, and I tell the tutorial this all the time. I don't even like halfway. I'm just going to keep it real. I don't even like really talking about this stuff like this because, like history and all that, because I have seen how these niggas want to take information and not do nothing about how they treat people. <clears throat> oh, how do you fill this out to discharge the debt? How do you do this thing to uh, get a whole lot of money? How do you do this or that? But you still the same rotten soul and rotten personality that you always mean, but you just collect the more information. What is the use of that? You still dumb. You're still deaf and you're still blind. What is the use of all of that? It's like, what's the point? So if you don't get anything out of life, the first thing you should get are the, the, the principles of how you should be conducting yourself. You should be conducting yourself with respect for yourself, yes. With respect for others, yes. But you shouldn't be walking around with all these personality quirks thinking you're so damn good. Then a lot of people reject being working with a group of people. Look, I I grew up, I was a Cub Scout, and I happened to be the captain of the Cub Scouts. And I was, um, and the, and the Cub Scouts had a softball team, and I was the captain of the softball team. And it wasn't like I was trying to assert myself to that position. I never did. I just played my role because I just love sports. I played every single sport that was, that existed. I, I even played floor hockey when I was young. I, I just love sports, and I just love to do it, right? So I would play all kinds of sports, but this Cub Scouts I ended up being the captain of, of the Cub Scouts, right? I didn't assert that. I didn't go out looking for that. I didn't say, hey, I want to be the captain. It's just that they took a vote, and everybody said I should be the captain. The whole team said I should be the captain. And I was like, what? I'm sitting here looking at this like, what the heck is this about? <clears throat> you never know what people are watching or what they see in you. But I basically was the same guy back then. I just, you know, because of how I was raised by my parents. The difference now is I have a whole lot of more information in my brain, but my conduct is the same. 
So first and foremost, your conduct, how you deal with conflict, how you deal with argument, how you deal with those that have wicked intentions. Brother Eric, you follow me? What are your thoughts? Yes, sir. You have you have to know about uh, how to handle people and personality, their personality. I mean, you, you can't know everything about every individual that you come across, but uh, in this world, in these ways, today, you know, they 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 wild. They they do anything. You know, you they unpredictable. Uh, and uh, with that with that idea. Hey, Brother Priest. You there? Yeah. Um, I, I can agree because, like, today, I sat down with, uh, I'm, I'm buying a car from this, uh, this, this Egyptian. Um, me and this guy, um, we were sitting down talking today, and we were just talking about the same thing about, you know, the behavior of the people. Um, we were talking about why uh, why our our people just just out here just blatantly ignorant. Why they're doing things the way that they want to do it and not trying to actually change the way. Um, change their ways. Um but the 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 unique thing about our conversation is is, is kinda the same thing that uh, you're talking about now is the same thing that he actually was uh was uh, speaking about today. You know, we had a long conversation about that and he was giving me the breakdown of his his mother and his father's background, his father being um Egyptian and his uh his mother being Puerto Rican, you know, and they they are Muslims. Um but he was just saying that how his mother and father how they they um they raised um him and his brothers them to have um to love people and to, to carry themselves a certain way in a certain manner. And he just didn't understand why people were the way they were. And I yield. Glad you said that, brother, because why people end up how they are is because leave a child alone and let them try to raise themselves. You you asking for trouble now. That means for a father you got to be a present in that child's life. You got to be. Because you're supposed to be representing the discipline. You you ain't the one that's supposed to be crying. If they come crying on your shoulder, you, you can let them cry on your shoulder, so to speak. But I'm saying the mama is supposed to be comforted enough. You're supposed to be trying to pick them up emotionally in a different kind of way. You're supposed to appeal to their, their mind in a different kind of way than the mother does. So what I'm saying is there are people that, look, I'm going to give you a prime example. I was a Cub Scout, and then I had 
um, well, we had a softball team, and then one of my best friends, he um, he ended up joining the team, and he ended up becoming one of the best players, right? But he didn't have a team concept. He didn't have. Now he he was one of the best players, beyond the shadow of a doubt. But he didn't have a team concept. So. What he did, he ended up quitting the team, and I see him later complain about the team. We in first damn place. We only lost one game, and this Negro is complaining about the team, right? Oh, it's the team's fault. It's the team's fault. They, they, we ain't going to be number one when we get to the state. We're going to lose. Are we? Well, guess what? If we're going to lose, then I'm going to lose with my team. If we're going to win, I'm going to win with my team. But here he's thinking he's better than every damn body, that he does everything right, that the team is doing everything wrong, so it's the team's fault. It's the coach's fault. It's everybody's fault except for the truth is the reason why we lost the one game was because of you, Negro. Because you – we – this we were like fourteen. I don't, I don't even know if we were fourteen. I want to say thirteen, twelve. This Negro was smoking weed. Gets high before the game. Come time to field the ball. This Negro misses the ball. We lose the game. One point. One run. And it really was his fault for being high. But yet, what he did not do, excuse me, I'm walking through the homes, high ceiling, so if I'm echoing, that's why. For what he did not do, it's the team's fault. It's the coach's fault. What did you do wrong, man? Do you ever look at yourself and see that your lack of or wrong participation is part of what made us lose. That it, when we lost, it was because of you. You don't see that though. It's everybody else's fault. So basically, you don't want to be on the team unless we have a perfect record, and unless we win every single game. You ain't down for being for your team for the good and for the bad. So why would we want you on our team? I don't want nobody on my team like that. He never came back to the team. Life lesson learned. Some people don't believe and they can go out and do stuff as stupid as getting high and coming to the game and causes to lose the game because you high, and all this kind of stuff, but, oh, it's the coach's fault. Oh, the team ain't going no damn where because we lost one game. Whatever, man. It's really disgusting. I hope you all see where I'm trying to go because there's a lot of times, particularly in, in this path, 
where there are people that just are not team players. And then through the good and the bad, as long as it's good, they're there. Some go wrong, even if it's their fault, they don't take responsibility for it. They don't see anything they did wrong. It's everybody else's fault. Oh, I'm above them now. I don't need to play with the team. I'm above them. I'm better than them. You're going to rock your, You're going to be solo now. You're going to go out and try and join some other team. And you're just going to do the same thing where anyplace else. Oh, now all of a sudden you know more than everybody that's on the team. All of a sudden you're the best player, period. All of a sudden you know more than the coach. Well, how, how? And this is exactly why, particularly for Negro men, this is exactly why Negro men do not stick around with women. They can't keep a woman, and they can't stay with a woman. They don't have that sense of camaraderie. They don't have that sense of, hey, I'm here for the better or for the worse. That's not the type of people that we want. I'm happy if you're not around here. Go. But if you're going to use that as an excuse, and you're going to cover up why you you getting high and you missing the damn um, ball hit you away. The point is, you're part of this problem that we don't need. You don't want to be told that you're wrong, so that's why you quit. You just want to you just want to keep thinking that you did everything right, that you know more than everybody, and that you're better than this team. How many people have you met like that in your life? Lynn, how many people have you met like that in your life? <laughs> Brother, I, I I met more people like that than not. That, that's what that's what I can say about that. I yield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of them have been in the nation too. <laughs> and you know, it, what you know was said like when I saw when I found out that one of the brothers that he was going a long way in the nation, that he's turned all the way back to did a complete one eighty and has turned to sovereign mythology. Just it it shows where like my, my friend's name was well, I knew him as as Manny. And Manny was like I mean, his name was Emmanuel, but Manny, that was my man. That was my best friend. Outside of playing softball, we were great friends. But I did not realize until I got older how selfish he really was. There was a girl that I liked, and he knew I was in love with this girl. He had to make sure he stepped in and tried to get with her, that kind of thing. But I always looked at him as my best friend. I still look at him to this day as one of my best friends. And I love that brother like he was my blood, still do. I haven't seen him in many years since since I was like maybe 13 or 14, but I'm always had love for him. But when I look back on how he was, and I remember him quitting the team. And can you imagine 
It's like if you you're like one of the top two players, and everybody's looking to you, you know, to always make that great play, always hit that ball and make a home run, and then you just quit. You just quit on your team, and all your reasons for quitting is for you not wanting to deal with yourself. Well, he he knew that he couldn't come around the team and continue to get high. Because he knew eventually the older people were going to figure it out. I just knew because I knew him. And uh, he would come and his eyes would be red and stuff. And people would be like, what's wrong with you? And, oh, nothing, I'm cool. But but the Negro was high. And he knew he couldn't continue to do that. So he quit. And then he started to make up a reason what was wrong with the team. He started to blame it all on the team. As though he's better than the team. Exactly the same thing happened with people in this nation that end up leaving or quitting. Exactly the same thing. Like, you never hear me talk bad about them, although I know probably every bad thing about them. You never hear me come on and talk badly about anybody that ain't with us. But then they got to go back and try to pick apart what's wrong with us. What's wrong with us is people like you. You're the problem for your own people. You're no good for your own people. You have no sense of, of teamwork, no sense of commitment, staying in there for better or for worse. If it don't, if it's not pleasing to you, you just if everything don't please you, now you above and you you can't deal with it. No, everything ain't gonna please you. Everything all your life, man. That's part of growth is learning to work with others and love one another for real. That's dealing with conflict. You know me. How many times I have to deal with conflict with backstabbing bastards. <laughs> that have come into the nation with all the wrong reasons and you don't see it at first. But all they want is this or that. They want something specific out of the nation. They want to steal some information. Then they get it. Then they act like it came from them, that they learned they didn't learn it from us when all along they did. And then all of a sudden they're bigger and better. Not one of these individuals have I said one word about. I haven't. Now, there was one that was really, well, two that were really bad. And I've talked to certain people in private about them, but I ain't gone and blast them out to the whole nation. I ain't gone and said, hey, this guy is a villain. Don't talk to him no more. Don't deal with him. He's a backstabber. I ain't done that. And there are some of them that I should have done that with. But I feel like this. If you don't see it for yourself, then maybe you are going down that path. The scriptures tell us when you got a problem with your brother, pull him aside. The adolescent mind, the high school mind, with the vicious tongue, want to go and slander you on Facebook and on YouTube make videos attacking your character, 
This is a Hebrew Israelite. And the scriptures teach you to not do that. That's the point. That's another form of conflict. Some of it is is where people are posing to be good. Some of it are where people are good and they're just gone astray. And they need some type of guidance. They want the guidance. They Not only do they need it, but they want it. And you just don't go flipping stuff on people just because they're lost souls. You can't do that. They have to have an earnest desire for it. Then you can share this or that. You just can't go out here and start throwing stuff at people just because you know that they don't know. Hey, you didn't know that Jesus wasn't his real name? Okay, well, his real name was not Jesus. So you can't go out there just doing that to everybody just randomly. You're going to make a lot of enemies. But you can talk about Jesus, and you can fill them out, and you can learn whether or not you can introduce them to an alternative, the real true name, an alternative way of thinking and approaching things, if they're open and receptive. If they're not, just going about your business. I hope you all see what I'm saying. We are what we eat. What we have eaten mentally and spiritually has affected our behavior. This is what I was trying to say in the beginning. It has affected our behavior. What we've been mentally eating and spiritually eating. It has made us irritable and unreasonable. And we need a cleanse. We need a full system purge. But you have to be like a doctor. You got to be patient. You got to be kind. You got to be understanding. Sometimes you do have to be stirred. But my point is, this is all inclusive of what it means to deal with conduct. I hope you all, conduct and conflict, I hope you all hear me. You there, Deshane? Come on, brother, I'm here. What are your thoughts, brother? Uh, I love what you're bringing up, brother. So much to think about. Um, uh, just need to, going back to my response about the whole thing about how I will approach someone about um, having a bad breath or something, just looking at looking at it now, I will have a different look on it and maybe, uh, you know, have a different uh, approach to it. So just, uh, I don't know, brother. I just, it's a lot to think about. Uh, I don't got too much to say, brother, right yet. Thank you, brother. It, it it is a lot to think about, and I have a quirky way of trying to deliver it sometimes. But 
but I just somehow when this doctor said this, when she was talking about how this woman wouldn't defecate but once a month, I was like, whoa. Do we do we ever do we ever actually mentally and spiritually defecate this filth out of our brain? So imagine if you didn't use the toilet for ten years, you didn't take a dump for ten years, or twenty five years, or thirty five years. You are lucky if you're still alive. Or by then you probably have to, you know, you probably a walking zombie by then. But it's like. Whoa, I was thinking like, she was like, you know, talking about this woman's philosophy is that you don't have to take a dump but once a month. Then I started thinking about what about our personality issues that we're not focusing on and trying to improve? It's the same thing because look, you get to the point where you don't even want to, well, people don't even want to better themselves because they think they are all that. I hope you all hear me. But nonetheless, it behooves us. We are not better than anybody else. We have the same um, capability of suffering, the same things anybody else does. The same exact thing. So there's something to think about. And something to be mindful of. You got all these different forms of conduct, I mean conflict. How do you conduct yourself in conflict? It is as simple as looking at it as body odor and breath. (laughs) It's really that simple. Now, how I was able to put that together in my mind is just something the Lord just blessed me to be able to do. But I saw this. I still see it. Like, this is really spiritual odor. It really is. And people don't want to tell us. But it, but it's always that one that loves you the most that knows how to tell you, that knows how to talk to you. That's the whole point that I'm trying to get to. And that's who we must be. We must be that. So, all right. Thank you all for being here. And um, thank you for listening to your brother. Sometimes I can be long with it. But we'll be back again next week. Shalom. 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 Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.